1: You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. and uh... yeah, I've got uh, my good friend uh, Mike Abadir is uh, going to be on the line. I'm sure he can't hear me yet, Mike. Am I correct? Still having some technical difficulties. Uh, boy, Mike has uh, been a friend of mine, a friend of the show, and uh, been waiting to uh, hear from him. Mike's got a couple special guests that he's invited to to also be with me here on the show today. And uh, uh, what I would like for you guys to know is that I'm uh, excited about uh, this time of year in particular because I didn't get a chance to tell you guys uh, what matters to me. Of course, you're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network, where I'm living like it matters. And what matters to me is simply the draft. Uh, And the draft, of course, is going to happen this weekend, special time, Uh, There there are very few times in life where dreams come true, when you can actually point to a time and you can predict a time and a moment where that dream is going to actually come true. And and that's what's going to happen for um, a certain amount of young men this weekend. Uh, Some of them are going to get an opportunity to get drafted in the National Football League, and some of them will be signed as free agents. Uh, Mike, can you hear me by chance? Yes, sir. Good afternoon. How are you? <laughs> oh man, Mike, boy, I'm, I'm. I apologize for the technical difficulties. Uh, it was not a dream come true for me to have this <laughs> this difficulty at, at the start of the show with such a special guest like yourself, uh, Mike. We of course have been on the show a couple times in years past, and and it's always been around some prospects. Uh, this time, it's uh, it's leading right up to the draft. And uh, it's just a, a special time. And, and I'm glad you can join me because uh, i like to take a different approach to this whole draft thing. You know, everybody is is caught up in the analytics and statistics and things of that nature. But this is such a special moment to so many people. Community has become a word that is very special uh, in today's society. You know, athletes are are connected to their communities. The experience is something that affects the, the community that has an impact on the community and people like yourself, Mike, you too are an extension of, of this whole thing. So, I just want to first, I just want to start off, uh, let you have a chance to talk a little bit about uh, Sapro's, uh, your company. Uh, you guys are, of course, uh, working with uh, young student athletes and, and those who are uh, already been in the league or out of at least competition in the collegiate uh, space where they're free agents. Uh, but, but tell us a little bit about, about the company, Mike, and then I'm going to get into some good things. You, you started this company how long ago? About 10 years
2: ago, and uh, you know when, when we put it together, it was with that boutique service in mind with corporate results. That was my mission, that was my game plan. And what I mean when I say boutique, I mean where we've got actual relationships, friendships. Uh, it's a business relationship, it's a personal relationship, um, it's a team. And we wanted to make it a point that the team is the bottom line goal when we approach every single client, uh, give him that personalized service, but he feels that he's a part of something bigger, right? Um, it's not just, just another client and here's your contract. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you in three or four or five years when you're a free agent and your contract is up for renewal, right? And so that was kind of the mindset when uh, we started things off 10 years ago. I think we've done a pretty good job. I'm happy to say that I've I've been uh, a part of several clients' uh, weddings and uh, special personal moments as well as uh, significant on-the-field moments as well.
1: Well, Mike, I think that's extremely special because sometimes I think people get caught up in the fact of of looking at athletes as as something that's beyond anything that's human and and one thing that really brought it back if you will let's jump over to a different sport but it it really made people understand the fact these are human beings just like all of us and and we're looking at uh, Isaiah Thomas you know dealing with the death of his sister you know, and having to play a basketball game. So when you talk about the intimacy of your organization and, and the boutique in such that it's, it's small and intimate and, and and you are close to your athletes, I think that's something special. And and to be able to stay in touch with guys even after their future is over with, uh, I always can appreciate the agent that can introduce somebody he's pursuing currently with somebody he represented five or ten years ago and and i just want to certainly um you know commend you for for taking that into consideration as you work with your athletes
2: well i appreciate that and you know when you're talking about uh maintaining that relationship uh you know one of the one of our key and most proudest services is actually post-career transitioning and you know we've helped guys land jobs uh in all spectrums of the workplace, ranging from coaching to media to, um, you know, uh, a Wall Street, uh, hedge fund, um, and everything in between. Um, you know, we make it a point that once their career is over isn't when the relationship ends. Um, that's oftentimes when the most exciting aspects of the relationships really begin. Um, now they've got a lot more downtime and they're trying to figure out what's the next phase of their life. And, uh, you know, as you know, Ray, most athletes, uh, take it upon themselves, uh, to see it as a challenge and, uh, and want to succeed. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that most of the guys that I've worked with have been upstanding guys with a good head on their shoulders. Um, you know, high IQ type players are the ones I typically gravitate towards. And to, to see a lot of these guys, you know, land really impressive jobs and to achieve a lot of success is, uh, very, very special to me. And in fact, one of the guys who's done very well for himself, um, you know, in the coaching ranks is a former client of mine, uh, Michael Petrie, and he's a coach over at Montana State, oh, which wow. is a pretty perfect segue to how I was introduced to one of the guests that you're going to have in a few moments here, uh, Chad Newell, who is a, a fullback, special teams extraordinaire out of Montana State, and um, you know he'll he'll have a chance to speak with you in a few moments and tell you a little bit more about himself but he's one of the draft prospects that i'm very excited about but um that introduction came through uh you know a former client of mine uh you know former star player at ucla michael petrie was the lead blocker for maurice jones drew and uh, had an outstanding career actually at one point before injuries he was ranked uh, mel kiper jr's number one draft prospect at his position and um and uh, due to injuries and things of that nature he wasn't able to have an extended uh, professional career or anything of that nature but he transitioned real well into the coaching ranks and has done a phenomenal job for himself and um and uh, uh as you'll you'll find out from chad you know he's had a big impact on chad's career and uh i'm sure for many years to come he'll his impact will be felt but um you know i've kind of digressed a little bit but you know, it's these relationships that uh, that live on far beyond the player's career that uh, are really meaningful to me.
1: No, and I think it's important for people to understand the fact that, uh, you know, as, as an athlete, uh, former athlete myself and, uh, you know, in touch with uh, a lot of current athletes, uh, a word of a referral, let's say, is, is probably the best uh, type of advice that one can uh, receive from somebody who's been there, done that and, and knows an individual, you know, most of the time. Athletes are encouraged by their representation to reach out to somebody Uh, is much more receptive or should be much more receptive by the individuals being pursued. If the referral was something that was just a person that said, you know what? I had a great experience. As a matter of fact, I tell you what I always say to people. If I can get a referral from somebody said that that would say that if it were my child, if it were my son, or even today, the, the, the women are doing so well in athletics. So e- even a, a young lady who's a professional athlete and they're seeking representation. And somebody said to me, I would have this person represent my son or my daughter. That's a pretty damn good one. So uh, I think that's the direction you're headed, Mike, with, with the players that you've been working with, man. I've just uh, uh, appreciated what you've done over the years and the time you spent. And and I, too like to share those stories about the transition because it's something for a while, Mike, there wasn't a lot of support in terms of helping players. The the represent, representatives such as yourself, they normally, let's say in old school, they, they were on to the next person. They didn't have time to worry about what the guy who's no longer going to play is going to do for them because they felt as if he can't write me a check for representing him, he has no more value, never understanding the fact that a person that continues with success long after his playing days are over with is probably the the best referral and the best example of the type of representation that a player would want today. So uh, it sounds like that's what you're looking towards. And and we got a couple of young men today that, uh, as you mentioned already, Chad and, and Christian is going to uh, Christian Snyder, who is uh, uh, out of UC Davis, a uh offensive linemen uh, both are going to join us so were those referrals or, or were you hard at work to find those two guys there Mike
2: well so, so,
1: so Well, I'm Chad, sorry uh, let, me, let me digress you already said that Chad was a referral from the coach how about uh, Christian there
2: yeah, and by the way, when I see a referral, you know he he just he just simply made the introduction. You know. Um, oh, I understand and, uh, that, but
1: believe me, yeah. I don't want anybody to misunderstand what he's saying. The coach <laughs> did not. You know, it, it's it's like this. Sometimes coaches won't even mention your name. I mean, they're they're like that. And if a coach mentions your name, and 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 again, he, coach isn't getting anything out of it. Coach just wants to make sure that you know there's some shady characters out there in the business, and I don't think there's anything wrong with a coach saying. Hey that's a good young man right there if, if you're looking for somebody to help you with your contracts and if, and if you've considered him, I can tell you he's a good guy because I mean coaches uh, coaches some guys like to say coaches are great father figures that's okay man but a father is your father but coaches are damn good men uh, they're good people they're good friends and most of the time they love their players and they want the best for them so uh, I'm not going to try to I'm not trying to clean that up I'm just, I just want people to understand that uh uh, introduction from a coach regardless of what type it is, is one that's pretty damn good, Mike. So that, that that's a good that's one for exa- you.
2: That's exactly right. You know, they, they, it's, it's, it stems from their care for the player and they want to see them in good hands. So, you know, oftentimes they'll maybe make a suggestion or two or that type of thing. And, um, you know, obviously on my end, it's always appreciated. And when it turns out, well, as it always does, the player is always thankful for that intro too. So, um, you know, all in all, yeah, you, you're you're spot on, Ray. But yeah, that's why you're the pro that you are, and on the radio, and, <laughs> well, and got a lot of fans because you speak the truth.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And let me say, we got about three more minutes. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break, and uh, one or both of the guys are going to join me, but we'll take one at a time. And then we're going to circle back, Mike. I, I want you to call back in uh, after you kind of. Here with uh, the the two young men that I'm going to speak to, uh, what they have to say. And, again, there is nothing special. We're just going to have a whole lot of fun. But I want to ask you a question before you go. Ten years you've been in the business. Football's changed in the last ten years. Uh, well, I mean the game itself. But, and when, a lot of times when people say that, I don't like to hear that, but it has. I mean, I'm from the days where, you know, I dare you to stick your hand out because I'm going to take your neck off. We don't do that anymore. No. But but at the same time, uh, there has been some aspects of this game that has changed. But In your business, what has changed over the 10 years that you've been in this business that was different from when you first got into it 10 years ago and up to today?
2: I think the area that's changed the most is, for me personally, my awareness, my greater and heightened awareness for the players' health, safety, and well-being on the field and what that means to them off the field. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that we've had to become aware of this the hard way uh, through, you know, several players who've, um, you know, experienced uh, severe, you know, head uh long-lasting head injuries um, that have um, le- led, led the players uh, to, to do things, uh, to hurt themselves, um, to experience memory loss, to um, have other experiences as well that um, or, are sad scared, to see. Uh, um, and so because of that, it kind of changes my approach a little bit in terms of this. You know, for me, I always counsel the guys to, um, you know, make sure to not try to be that superhero and play through something that they shouldn't. Um, if they need to notify the medical staff on the team, team doctor, their coaches, whomever, to make sure that they're taking care of themselves first. That's a really, really key priority. And then the other aspect is in terms of the length of their career. You know, um, you know, it's it's not for me to tell somebody what to do or not to do but I do like to highlight to them that there is life after football and to make the best of your current situation in the NFL and to you know uh, do a good job in your local community, marketing yourself as a great player on the field, as an upstanding citizen off the field to create opportunities for you once you retire from the game so that way you don't feel compelled to maybe play it a year or two longer than you should have been playing it. <sighs> Um, so those are the areas, I think, for me, that I've seen the most changes in the way that I approach things is really just in my mindset and mentality when it comes to that. That's probably the number one.
1: Well, certainly I can appreciate that, Mike. Uh, I guess you don't want to see anyone uh, to represent that character that, I believe, Lawrence Taylor played on any given Sunday where he wanted to stay and play, get that extra bonus to get that million dollars. Yeah, it's a little bit exactly. n- more uh, important than than the almighty dollar exactly. Well hey Well no, Mike I tell no
2: you
1: about it Well Mike I tell you what, We're going to come back uh, We're going to take a break You're going to join me uh, Maybe about 30 minutes from now uh, We're going to take a break You just a Rail of Sports On the Voice America Network I'm in Phoenix Living like it matters Mike Abadir From Sapros was with me And we'll be back You come back as well
5: Your internet
3: flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
1: We're on the Sports and Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I want to thank my uh, dear friend Mike Aberdeer from Sapros uh, for being on and uh, sharing some some background information about those people who represent, uh, again, they're student-athletes until they get that first check as a professional uh, person. And uh, at the uh, level of being a student-athlete, you really don't have representation. Uh, nobody's there to speak out or speak up on your behalf. Uh, the NC2A has a set of rules of which you must abide by, and uh, until your uh, uh, relationship with the NC2A is over with, uh, you have to abide by that. And so, you can't have somebody like Mike, who would be nice if you could have people like him uh, represent players. But uh, it's a new day, and it's a draft day coming up, and there are some people that are sitting around waiting. Uh, there's other people who, who seriously know that uh, their last college days are, are over with. And, and that's something I'm sure a lot of athletes like I did myself, you would reflect upon it being your last game or probably your last game at your university. Uh, but for some, it was their last game ever. But uh, the young man I'm going to have on with me, as a matter of fact, I have one with me. Uh, we're looking for him to do big things in the National Football League, and I'm, I'm sure he's hoping and praying about that. Uh, God willing, that'll happen. And, and if it's a, a, a draft pick, that's fine. But if it's a free agent signing, uh, that will be welcomed just as well. So at this time, I'd like to welcome Chad Newell from uh, Montana State uh, and a fullback out there and Man they told me I was going to be interviewing a fullback. I got a little nervous because I, <laughs> I remember those days running to those fullbacks, and that's not a, that's not a fun thing to do. But, uh, but anyway, uh, how are you doing there, Chad? Man, I'm great.
4: Uh, thanks for asking.
1: Oh, man. Let, let me ask you something. Uh, it, it's draft. It, it, it's draft week. Draft weekend coming yep. up. And, and let's, let's be as transparent and honest as you possibly can. Um, how are you feeling, man? Are you nervous?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty nervous. Um, I guess just a, just about the fact that uh, don't really know where I'm headed. The whole my whole life's gonna kind of turn upside down and uh, in an instant, and gonna be someplace new uh, out of the state of Montana, which will be new for me. I'm used to the, the slow pace, the, the small town life here in Montana.
1: Well, you know, and and that's interesting because that happens to a, a lot of people when when this happens. You know, a lot of times, uh, people like yourself, myself, we kind of go to school closer or home, and now of a sudden you're shipped off to some place you don't know anybody. Uh, but that, but at the same time, it, it's it's got to be a great feeling to think that perhaps maybe what might have been a dream come true of yours to to either be drafted or signed as a free agent uh, is about to happen uh, for everybody the dream was a short dream it just happened have you been an individual that for a long time you you've thought about being drafted and playing pro football or, or did it just happen
4: uh, i mean ever since i was little i loved to play the game of football it's it's always been my passion um first time i strapped on pads and then i was hooked and uh, i mean it's it's always been my dream um but around here there's not a ton of people that go do it so it's it's kind of one of those things where I went to college playing ball, uh, studying engineering and, and was just here to get my education. But as my career kind of unfolded and, um, the, the possibility of playing pro football kind of presented itself and, I uh, had a lot of guidance and a lot of great people that helped me get to, get to chase this dream. And, and now it's kind of becoming a reality. So to answer your question, I guess it's, it's always been a, a dream of mine, but um until recently I didn't know if it would ever become a reality.
1: Now, uh obviously uh there is uh, some uh, I always talk about statistics and analytics and all this other stuff, but uh there there's some pretty impressive things that you've done over the years to, to get the attention of some folks out there. Uh but as you mentioned, um not a lot of people from, from the area. Uh where's your hometown as a matter of fact, Chad? Where are you born and raised there? Uh Billings, Montana. So, so uh, it, was there a former uh, professional athlete that you looked up to from uh, your hometown, or, or are you going to be one of the uh, unique ones that's uh, uh, perhaps maybe the first from their high school?
4: No, there was a, an offensive lineman named Colin Dow that uh, went to the University of Montana, uh, went to my high school, Billings Sr., and, and came out and played in, in the league for oh, probably four or five years. Oh, good. Uh, but there's many others uh, in the league right now. It's kind of, the whole state's kind of a community. So uh, when you see one guy make it out from the state, it's a big deal for everybody. So there's there's guys like Chase Reynolds and, and Mark Mariani in the league right now.
1: Uh, but, uh, of course, they're not from your hometown. They're just from the university, Correct
4: they're from oh they're from the other university.
1: <laughs> that sounds like us uh you know that school up north so I can certainly appreciate that. Hey hey let's let's talk about uh the nitty-gritty of this thing. Playing fullback in the National Football League it's it's one of those positions that uh it's almost like a lost art but I I assume you're feeling pretty good about it because there are a couple of people that are bringing the fullback position back. Um, how did you feel as 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 time came around and uh Understand the fact you're a fullback, and not not all teams are like I said uh, focused on the fullback position. Did you think that was going to perhaps maybe d- diminish your chances, or because of your play uh, and some of the things you've accomplished over the years, did you feel are, are you feeling pretty confident about uh, you'll get a good look?
4: I think that I mean just not only playing fullback, but um, playing playing a lot of running back here and, and doing some different things. I think I can get a good look just because I can play fullback, because I can play running back and just be versatile um, and definitely contribute on special teams. I think that's um, kind of the biggest strength that I'm bringing into into this weekend is just the ability to do a lot of different things and, and learn a lot of different jobs on an offense.
1: Yeah, and I've heard I've heard a lot and, and read a little bit about uh, – that willingness that you have to do whatever it takes, and that's that special teams mentality. Uh, I know as a rookie myself coming into the league, I didn't start my my first couple years into the league, uh, but I contributed on special teams. Uh, it seems like that's something that, uh, hey, if they need somebody to do it, then you've got your hand up. Is that right?
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's how I, I got my start at Montana State. That's how I earned my scholarship here. So um, special teams is, is uh, kind of, kind of my, my favorite part of football if you if you will it's it's something that I take a lot of pride in. Um it's not something that I, I, I uh I dread at all. It's it's a fun part of the game. Um and I think it's it's very underrated and uh, it's something that I I love to do.
1: Well um I would agree with you with the exception of one thing you just said it's kinda underrated and I remember back at a time where you were you, I would say you were spot on. Because it was, it did kind of go unnoticed. And I, I think maybe they did the numbers and we'll realize that what, 25% of the plays are special teams, if not more. And uh, not only that, people were contributing tremendously on special teams. And so now you got all pro special teams players, whereas before we didn't have that. The early years of my career, we didn't have that. Uh, and, and now we yep. have that. So so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they've taken notice to that. And, and there is a position for, for an all-pro special teams player. But with that being said, uh, I believe did you get a chance to participate in the pro day? Yeah, I did. And uh talk to us a little bit about that because Chad, sometimes people are not really aware, and that's what's so unique, and I appreciate the platform here at Voice America Sports, is for you to get a chance to share your experience with some younger guys because they're gonna come into this experience and maybe not be aware of the fact that um you know this thing called this pro day. Uh, either is necessary or it's not necessary. How did you feel going into it? And share some experience of what happened and what you did on your pro day.
4: Um, I mean, with regards to being necessary, I think it's It's completely necessary for um, guys like me, FCS players especially, because it's your chance to go out there and turn some heads um, and just assure people that you're the same caliber athlete as, as some of these FBS players. So... I think my experience was, uh, I mean, obviously, nerve-wracking. You have about a two-hour window to go out there and, and run drills and try to impress as many scouts as you can, whether it's we had five, um, whether it's five or 32 scouts that are there. But, um, I mean, my experience was good. Uh was able to go out there and, and perform like I wanted to and, and get some numbers that that I wanted reach reach my goals, you know
1: what I mean? Well, I I think it's important that you mention that uh there was uh I think you said 5 scouts were there. Uh in terms of those people uh that were participating alongside with you at the pro day, how many other people were there? What's that? How many other athletes were participating in this pro day with you?
4: There were I would say probably nine. Nine. Um, now, now that's, that,
1: that's the point I want you to yep. make right there, Mike, because to have five professional scouts there to only look at nine, uh, nine players, that's an awful lot of focus that could be on those nine players as opposed to when you're at the combine and there's all kind of guys there and all kind of scouts there. When you got those five guys there – uh and there's only nine of you, you guys get a, a really good chance to really showcase your skills. Am I correct about that?
4: Yeah, I think it was it was a great opportunity. Every everything you did was you had, you know, ten eyes on you, you had all five scouts staring right at you. So um any slip up they were noticing, but at the same time, uh anything that you did that, that you were pleased with or things like that, um they were right there to see it and there was there's nothing being missed. Uh
1: I want to take a ch- I'll take a little time here, if we can, to look back up on on, on your career and uh, share with us, if you will, uh, how special it was to you and uh, having the chance to play there at uh, Montana State and and your teammates and your coaches and the fans. J- just talk a little bit about that.
4: Yeah, I mean Montana State is uh, it's a special place. Um, the town of Bozeman is a special place. I mean, there's about uh, thirty thousand people here that live in Bozeman and we get about twenty one thousand every Saturday out at Bobcat Stadium. So it's it's a it's a big deal to play at Montana State or even University of Montana when you're from the state and you kinda know what these programs are about. Um, that's kinda the dream for every kid at Montana. You don't dream of, you know, going playing Pac twelve or SEC. You kinda just your dream is to play for University of Montana or to be a Bobcat at Montana State. And To be able to live that dream and and obviously get my education paid for and and just be a part of um, this special place of of Bozeman and and play in front of all those people and just connect with 21,000 people every Saturday uh, for four years was, was amazing.
1: Well, I'm, I'm sure that um, those people appreciated everything that you did, and uh, I certainly appreciate the fact that you're able to stop by here and share a couple of words with us. I'm going to wish you the best of luck. Uh, it's nothing like being drafted. Um, I was very late in the draft next to the last person, but uh, being drafted was special. If you don't get drafted, I uh, also just want to wish you the best of luck as a free agent because once you put on the uniform, once you're out on the field, man, nobody cares about what round you're drafted in or <laughs> you know any of that. Uh, you know what it's all about. It's about just doing out there and – Doing the best you can for your team and for yourself. So, uh, good luck to you. God bless you. Stay healthy. And uh, once you sign, you got to come back on the show and we got to talk some more about uh, how football is treating you. Yeah, I would, I'd love that. Okay. Thanks so much, Chad. We're going to take a break. You've been listening to Rail, the sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chad Newell, Montana State fullback, looking to become a National Football League football player. We'll be right back.
5: your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team is it the captain the star player or the fan while it could truly be any of these individuals more often than not it's the coach listen for a coach's spirit with hosts blake rockwell and kendall allen A coach's spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense... Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel.
5: Time 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America
6: Sports.
1: All right, you hear the music, you know the show this is the rail of sports on the voice of america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters and uh man um first i start off with uh well i first start off with the man himself and that's mike abadir who uh represents these fine young men but then mike sends first sends a fullback at me and now he sends an offensive lineman at me and strong safeties we just don't like that that makes life hard for us uh but i'm going to enjoy it i'm going to have fun so Joining me now from um, UC Davis, offensive lineman Christian Snyder. Christian, how you doing? I'm good. I'm
6: good. How you doing, sir?
1: Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm all, I'm always worried when a lineman's doing good because that means I'm going to be I'm going to have a bad day, man. Because you guys just uh, don't take it easy on the strong safeties. But I want to ask you to do that today. Uh, be kind and gentle with me. But I don't expect you to do that when it's time for you to. Uh, to, to put that jersey on and strap those cleats up and get ready to go. But before you do all that, uh, I'm sure, uh, just as I had a conversation with Chad, uh, the nerves have to be uh, almost at full throttle right now. H- how you feeling? are you feeling? Are you able to relax?
6: Yeah, I mean, I'm relaxing. Mike's been super cool and super uh communicative with me, you know, telling me to just, you know, have a level head. I know that he knows, I know this is a really uh, – Nerve-wracking time, like not knowing what's coming up next. But you know, I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm focused. Uh, I'm going to keep c- preparing. Like you know, whatever happens, happens, and I'm going to be ready when that uh, when that chance comes for me.
1: Well, I, I think that's a great attitude to have because I know, you know, it was it was years and years and decades ago when I went through the experience, <laughs> and and I and I think. Probably what people did Less of back then Than they do now Is to actually prepare the athlete To say, you know You've done everything you can do I, as your representative I've done everything I can do Now it truly is Out of our control And there's nothing we can do But just sit and wait and relax And what I like about Mike is Mike doesn't make any promises. Mike's not telling you he's a, he's a rainmaker and he can make this Mm. happen. So, so you're going in, um, with your eyes open, uh, obviously your ears and, and anticipating that if I'm drafted, that's fine. If I'm a free agent, that's fine, but you're ready to play football. Does it make a difference? You know, who, who makes the call to you or you just want to get a call?
6: Honestly, uh, like I told Mike, uh, I'm just honestly excited for the opportunity. Not so much, like, not many people get to go to this next level and play in the NFL and say that they've been part of the NFL, you know. So I'm just excited for this opportunity. And whoever, whoever gives me that shot, I'm going to be willing and ready to put on the pads and do what they need me to.
1: Now, you're an offensive lineman, and a lot of times, nowadays, offensive linemen are so athletic, you guys can play across the line. You know, guards can play center, center uh, can play guards. You know, some guys can play left tackle and right tackle. Uh, if, if it's your choice, where, where would you like to line up at?
6: Uh, well, I started my career at UC Davis at right tackle. I played my first three years there, and then my senior year, I switched over to left tackle uh, Personally, for me, I love the challenge and the athleticism that I saw on the defensive side of the ball from left tackle. So I think right now, that's why I, that's why I would love to play. But like you said, I'm taking reps at both guards. I've taken a couple of reps at center. So I'm trying to make myself as versatile as possible, you know, for a team to make myself more useful wherever I'm needed.
1: Now, you, you mentioned something about the athleticism, and, and that's something that we're seeing more and more particularly an offensive lineman, is, is athleticism. In your mind, describe to, uh, to those out there listening, athleticism. Tell them exactly what do you mean by that. A big offensive lineman that has the ability to do what better than a guy, maybe, who doesn't have a lot of athleticism.
6: I mean, I just feel like being able to move in a tight space. I mean, the defensive ends, the linebackers, the strong safeties, everybody's getting so fast nowadays and so quick that being as big as we are, we have to be able to move and change direction really fast to keep up with the defensive guys on the side of the ball. So I think just being able to move in tight spaces, staying balanced, I think is super key to being athletic, especially on the offensive line side. And so just those type of things, being able to stay under control, uh, be quick in those little short areas.
1: So Christian, how much uh, in today's football, seeing it's so much of a passing game, um, how much uh, or how much in the area of strength and weakness, uh, your your run blocking, uh, is that something you look forward to doing? The, the offensive the back in the day used to love when it's a running play, man, because they get a chance to tee off on somebody. How, 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 how you, yeah, how, right. how do you feel about that?
6: I I personally love run blocking. Honestly, uh, pass blocking is fun. You know, it's it's nice, but run blocking is definitely what we I look forward to and that's something that I try to pride the offensive line here at Davis in is like when and when our name is called to run the ball like we take pride in uh you know bringing that toughness out on the team and breaking the will of the defense so that's something I, I really look forward to and I really enjoy uh, about playing offensive line
1: that that's kind of hard I well would not hard but that's a uh that's a unique perspective to take because in the past, and even currently, people always have described the offensive linemen as being, you know, the big teddy bears, nice guys, you know, the, the kind that you, you want your kid, they, they can throw your baby up, won't, won't drop your baby, you know, but but the defensive linemen have been the nasty guys. Have, have you guys uh, kind of, uh, in your own way, developed a personality where you're just as mean and nasty as the, offensive, uh, as the defensive lineman? we just don't know it, it just doesn't show?
6: We, ha- we have to be. I mean, that's something that I think has definitely changed. And like you said, the defense, the defensive line guys are nasty. They're tough. And we had to, and I think we do a great job of coming back and being the same type and sometimes even better. You know, we have to we have to match that and exceed that if we want the running game to work, if we want to be able to prep, uh, pass protect to protect our quarterback and to make sure the running back gets where he needs to go. So I think that's something that's definitely uh, changed. And that's something that, like I said, I tried to bring the UC Davis offensive line as much as I could.
1: Let's talk about your experience at UC Davis. What, 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 what do you think that was special about your experience there uh, that you like to share with somebody else? Uh, was it uh, who you played against, uh, who, is, who you practiced against every day in practice? Was it your competition? Was it the coaching staff? Was it the environment? Was it the schedule? What was kind of unique and special to you that you think it helped get you prepared for the National Football League?
6: I mean, UC Davis is a great, uh, great school in itself. And football-wise, you know, I was blessed to go against some really good competition. Uh, like you had Chad on earlier, we got to play Montana State. We got to play Montana, who always had great talent. Uh, every year I've been here, we've gotten to play uh, an FBS team. You know, we had Oregon this year, Stanford the year before. So, I mean, I've definitely gone against great uh, competition. And really, you know, the coaching staff, the environment here is awesome. Uh, It's a great place to play football, and honestly, just a great place to go to school in general. And so, you know, it definitely helped me with the competitiveness that I have on my teammates here and uh, just the atmosphere, like I said, all together.
1: Well, uh, you certainly um, seem like you're prepared, um, you know, for this day. And I think you certainly, your temperament, your mindset seems to be that you're pretty relaxed. And uh, whatever happens, you're ready for that to happen, to go to the next level. Uh, Let me ask you about your early days of playing ball. Uh, Of course, I asked uh, Chad, you know, when did he uh, start to think that, you know, football is something he wanted to do? Uh, Was football something you did your whole life or uh, just as you got bigger in high school and uh, maybe even bigger in college, you felt that there was a chance or was it something that you you've always had the desire and the passion to play professional football?
6: Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, I didn't actually play uh, football until my freshman year in high school, I was always uh, too big for my own age group, and you know my mom being the protective woman she is, she never really wanted me to get on the field with older guys. So when I got to high school, my dad took me to uh, the high school uh, freshman coach. was like, "Hey, I have this six like six two, six three kid, uh, freshman kid who wants to play." And so you know, I first went out there, and it was a little hard at first getting to know you know football. I never really played before. But, you know, after my freshman year and going into my sophomore year, it's just something that clicked. And from that point on, I was like, oh, this is the game I love. This is something I want to do with the rest of my life. And when I got up to college and all the people surrounding me, you know, I've been blessed to have people who believe in me since I started playing this game. And my coaching staff and everybody who's told me, like, hey, you have a you have a legitimate shot to make it to the next level. Like, you have the size. Uh, you have the athleticism and everything. So... Once, you know, I think I got to college and I started to hear from my coaches and people who have been around, you know, the business of football for so long and they told me that I had what it took, that's when I really started to believe that, you know, this is is something I could really have a shot at.
1: Well, um, I'll tell you what, what you just said to me, I mean, that just uh, brings back a lot of memories and uh, it's those kind of, uh, things when you hear people say that you know that they've got their their head on straight uh you got a late star you got a protective mom that's that's great They tell says a little bit about your character um and and I, I just wish you the best of luck uh let me ask you uh anything uh that you like to to say or share about your experience with university your coaches your team your 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 uh your fans you know because now you, you've got fans and um uh, anything you like to leave them with a uh, special that happened to you at the university and, and sharing that time with them uh, as a family and a community?
6: I mean, honestly, like I said, I've just been so blessed one, to get an opportunity to come to UC Davis, to get a great education and to play football. Uh, I've been blessed with family, with friends that I've met here and back at home who have just, you know, supported me unconditionally my whole time here. And have, you know, been with me and told me I can do it. And like, you know, low times and high times they've been with me the whole time. So, like I said before, the the atmosphere here has really helped me get to where I am now. But obviously my family back home, my friends, everybody, like they've all been a part of, you know, helping me and believing in me this whole time. So I just wanna say thank you to all of them, really, and everybody who's believed me along the way, like Mike. I can't thank Mike enough, you know, for giving me a shot when some people weren't really, you know, willing to take a risk or willing to help me out. So, you know, that's something I really appreciate about Mike.
1: Well, I think character attracts character. So that's probably why you're with Mike. And uh, just want to wish you the best of luck. Stay healthy. God bless. And uh, take it easy on those strong safeties when they come up there and try to force the run a little bit.
6: (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. We're going to take a break. Of course, we just got finished speaking with Christian Snyder and uh, Christian from UC Davis and offensive linemen, those big guys. But uh, he's going to take it easy on the strong safety. You want to take a break? We'll be right back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: If you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in mean, thing living like it matters. Uh, apologize for the uh, technical difficulties we had early in the show. Um, had things, a uh, little hiccup here and there. Uh, so we were trying to do the best we can to give you a great show, as we always try to do. Got my friend uh, Mike Abadir from Sapros um, with me now. We're going to close the show out. Uh, Mike, uh, let me just say that I just spoke to two fine young men. Um Obviously, they, they represent what you represent. It was even nice to hear uh, you talk about uh, your concern about athletes today, uh, their health and wellness and safety. And, and sure enough, uh, when we were speaking to Christian there at the end. Christian tells me how uh, because of his size, you know, uh, his mom didn't want him to play ball too early because she was concerned uh, about his safety. So as I, as I said, uh, character attracts character. So uh, th- these two young men um of course and you've also prepared them uh, they didn't talk about you know third round fourth round pick uh you know they didn't talk about second round pick they just talked about the opportunity uh to play so um let me ask you mike most of the guys are out there um that that you're working with uh, seem to be this this type of uh these types of individuals how is it that you're able to find character ball players? Because I'm hearing something about a guy from Ohio State today. I don't know if it's true. I don't want it to be true. But, you know, you hear about, you hear things uh, that happen to guys off the field. How are you able to attract the high character individuals?
5: Well,
2: I think my circle that I associate with, um, you know, is, of, is of, uh, one of character and integrity. And when you maintain that type of circle, then you're going to be plugged in with other like minded and, uh, you know, individuals that do have, uh, you know, uh, just good citizens, you know? And so because of that, you know, when, when, when Christian and Chad get, get into the league and do real well, and then they refer me friends, cousins, siblings, whomever, you know, former teammates, current teammates, they're going to, refer to me, you know, similar individuals that they associate with, uh, you know, good people and same thing when it comes to my relationships with the coaches or scouts or whomever, you know, typically speaking, you know, this is a very relationship driven business and referrals are how I'm able to go in year in year out and survive, uh, with a lot of the bigger agencies, and because I'm able to consistently get good referrals and I'm very, very thankful for that, um, I'm, I'm able to, uh, you know, stay in the game. And so because of that, you know, I, I'm finding myself, um, just thankful and appreciative of the fact that, you know, most of the people that I come across are good human beings, first and foremost. And so, um, I've just been blessed in, in that regard and it just, uh, the circle keeps growing and um you know when it comes to um maybe sitting having a sit down with somebody that i just don't feel right about i'll, I'll stop the pursuit i'm not interested
1: wow, wow. you that's know for
2: it. me i want to work with guys who are going to um make an impact a positive impact on their community right and to me that's uh that's that's a priority
1: well I, and I, I, if
2: you maintain that as a priority you'll consistently get guys that um that are of that type of character.
1: Well, you know? I, I, and
2: so if you're pursuing the money, um, first and foremost, if that's your number one goal and it doesn't matter to you about their character, then um, you're going to have to deal with some guys that are going to do some bad things, unfortunately, and have to do damage control. And that's never anything that I've been interested
1: in. Well, I appreciate that because certainly that's a reflective. Uh, for some reason or another, you know, people just want to broad brush everybody. And once one bad thing happens to one individual, then we all are thrown into that same category. So, uh, listen, like I said, those are some great guys. And, and obviously, you've done a great job of pursuing those uh, folks. Uh, we've got about uh, 30 seconds here. Uh, so let me ask you, I asked those guys how nervous they were. How's your nerves during this week? <laughs> Thirty seconds. You know, it's.
2: Uh, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. I'm excited. Um, I don't know if nervous is necessarily the right word. You know, I just want the weekend to arrive so that I could find out where these guys are going to be uh, lacing it up and and put, you know what helmet they're going to have on their heads. So I'm excited for them and uh, praying for them to be in the most ideal situation. And uh, you know, we'll follow God's footsteps and um, take it from there. So okay, uh, wherever they land, uh, I'm sure is going to be the right situation. And, um, you know, I'm excited.
1: Okay. Sounds I'm good, Mike. We'll have, we'll have to follow up, Mike. you have to come back and we'll talk about it. Uh, thank you for allowing me to a chance to, to interview, of course, uh, Chad Newell from Montana State, a fullback, and Christian Snyder from UC Davis, an offensive lineman. Man, I used to hate those days against those kind of people. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Oh, Thank you so much, Mike. We'll be in touch. Listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
3: Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit rayellisports.com. That's rayellisports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.